There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to The Woke Man series, ladies and gentlemen. We're here again with another interview on The Woke Man. Now we're looking at the conscious journey of man and how they went from unconscious to conscious so we can help those brothers, you know, and also sisters out there now struggling on this mental health path, finding out what they want to do in life, what they finding out what's happened to them in their life and how it's happened for them and we're going to share so many amazing stories and I believe this is episode 48 so we're halfway there on this case study and the so far the response has been amazing but today I'm with my woke brother my conscious man Matthew Bruce Brucey how are you bro I'm well brother feeling very hard opened actually just to be here in your presence and be part of this podcast man thanks for having me you're welcome, brother. We've had a good catch-up for about an hour beforehand, and I'm grateful to share your story, man. And so the, the first question is, where would you grow up and where do you live now? Grew up in a small country town called Wangaratta, Victoria. Aboriginal meaning of joining of two rivers. Yeah. Uh, and then I live now in Perth, uh, Western Australia. I live in uh, Belmont. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. And how old are you now? I'm 35. Okay, cool. What do you do for a living? Um, I try and be as playful as I can and create um, online programs for men to help them um, have huge impact in the world. Mm, I was just we were talking before, like you've all, and obviously known you for a while now, but it's like you've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So there's always something you're doing. But I guess what's happened on your journey is that the the businesses that you start doing now are more aligned with you. Is that right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think I used, used to sell some artwork and shit in Melbourne and like yeah, doing yeah. Heaps of different things, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think when I was like um, eight years old, I was hustling, selling chocolates at school. I said to my mate in school, I was like, do you want to team up and we can sell the chocolates together and then we'll go halves in the prize. So that entrepreneurial streak was part of me, part of yeah. my spirits, who I am. Yeah, I agree, man. It's always there, eh? Like if, if there's certain people, it's always there. And what's, what's one thing you're really good at? Um, 
kind of like connecting people, I think, you know, just meeting people and remaining open and establishing some form of relationship that hopefully I can connect people at, at another time for, for the benefit of both those people. Yeah, I agree. Like you tend to always just randomly meet people somewhere and you're like, oh, I've met this person. I've got their details. And like the most recent one was like your um, first employee for your current business, the Men's Work Collective where you just met, you're getting a boost juice and then all of a sudden now you've got an employee. Like that's, that's what yeah. you're talking about, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's a skill. Um, yeah. It can be um, probably like strange to some other people. It's like, why do you have so many people in your messenger and why are you connecting with so many people? And I think it's yeah, one of my channels and my human design is community um, and building that community. Um, it's part of how I achieve like self-esteem and, and part of my image and part of my identity as well too. So it's, yeah, it's just part of who I am. Yeah. Good skill, man. Good skill. What's one of your biggest fears right now? To be honest, probably bumping into my ex. <laughs> and other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty, feeling pretty like, you know, I've journeyed a lot about death. I've journeyed a lot about my, like my sexuality and taboo and, and all of these things and um, control and yeah, I've, going deep but right now what's alive for me is probably you know seeing this partner that i need to have like this ex-partner of mine that i need to have space from you know and that that's something that's alive for me at the moment that i just want like a level of peace and separation and that yeah that's a bit of a fear for me i'll be honest that that kind of activates me a little bit yeah, yeah. thanks for sharing that bro what's one of your favorite yeah. quotes um be the change you want to see in the world mm. what does that mean to you uh yeah like you know bringing in a new era like you know we have the ability to create something special in this era like in this world in this time in this planet um and you know we do that through being the change in ourselves you know the micro the macro we're all connected um we can never change another person um but we can change ourselves and be that example yeah i love that man it's a, I think that's what I think. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've come to terms with that more so as I've evolved too. It's like, just change yourself, others will change and see that change, you know? Because energy speaks louder than words, man. But yeah, I totally resonate with that. What's what's a conscious man to you? Brother that's just showing up to show up for himself. Yeah. Brother showing, showing up, for, up himself. for himself. What, what do you mean yeah, by showing I'm up not... for himself? Yeah, it could be trying to make a forge a better version of himself in the fire, you know, like sh showing up in the sense of, you know, getting up, doing the work or making a mistake and, and moving forward or just just showing up for himself and for his community and for, for a greater good. Yeah. yeah. When you mean the fire, like, do you mean like when there's shit happening in life, like harsh experiences and you just like, you're leaning into that and you're saying you're not running from it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's where we're all created is under that pressure, under that fire. Like, that's where we're all forged. That's where we all make our greatest gain and yeah. you know, sh showing up in those moments, you know, and, and moving forward. Yeah. Mm. We can get stuck in there. You know? That's, we can stay in there for a long time. Um, and it's about, you know, just showing up for yourself to just move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess that's sort of, you know, I'm hearing some words that you say right now that sort of, come from your military background like forged and like like very like strong military words and i guess we'll talk about that in your story but it's like it's yeah it's, it's really interesting to see how like 
there is this essence of men that that we um we even just use these strong words you know because we get i think that's where it's really relatable but yeah we get we think we have to like be strong and stay out of that fire or like resist it or just like either the fire is a bit different but like we've got to lean into it with a bit of softness and go hey if this is where we want to change we've got to we've got to accept that this is coming and just like not resist it not try and be too strong and out muscle it would you say yeah like yeah, agreed. Like showing up has so many different formats. Like, you know, showing up for yourself could be crying. Showing up for yourself could be an ice bath. Showing up for yourself could be saying no to somebody. Showing up for yourself could be so there's so many facets of what showing up can can yeah. how that can manifest for you to, to be conscious. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. What's one thing that challenges you right now? Mm-hmm. Probably getting back into like my uh, like a routine, like masculine structure within the day. Um, you know, I, I've journeyed into like this real feminine aspect of myself, and to like really be, and to just like really embrace like the whatever was coming up, and just really like creating flow, sort of just going with the flow type stuff. But now you want to get yeah. into like go 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 business work. Well, it's more around like you know how do I create that perfect balance between the two, you know, and. How do I, you know, allow myself to have structure, but then jump into that flow and mm. and really kind of, you know, I guess perfecting the two. Yeah. Mm. Where does that challenge come up for you? Is it around work or is it at home or? Um, probably like about like I think my um, you know my nervous system has been a little bit conditioned to chaos and to overextend myself, mm-hmm. um, and that I want to take on more than I can handle. And sometimes when I take on more than I can handle, I can like overexert myself. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's more about having the structure in my life to then not take on too much stuff and not have too busy the day mm-hmm. and creating like a level of harmony in my day that feels good that I could do forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. What does unconditional love mean to you? Yeah. Unconditional love is everything man like mm. that's the, that's us that's you that's me that's trees that's everything on this planet is unconditional love and um you know we just get a glimpse of it in different like facets of light each day which is the journey of life and, and beautiful to be part of yeah how, how what are some ways that you've experienced unconditional love Probably like through partnerships or through myself in the way that I've like really held myself after some some like um, some acts or ways that I things that I should have been shameful of or you know things that really went against my moral code and against like or my lack of moral code or values at the time and times that I've really fucked up um, and then just holding myself in that um, and not repeating the cycle of shame and not repeating the cycle of guilt and just like really really holding myself in those acts in those actions and just really loving myself to break that cycle of shame and guilt yeah it's like fully accepting and just nurturing you for that, what you've done you know i'm interested yeah. how do you you know david goggins right like obviously you know that and you've got a military background how do you respond when you see david goggins like when he's because he's a savage bro like when you see him how does it make you feel so yeah, I haven't read many books, but I read his book, um, and yeah, I, like I guess I a part of me has been David Goggins. You know, I 
I did a um, basic training course in the army. I broke my foot about six weeks in and I marched out for the next six weeks with a broken foot. I was eating Panadols and I was running around with a pack on my back and a, an assault rifle with a broken foot. Mm. Um, you know, I destroyed my foot that bad that I, I couldn't exercise or do anything for 12 months afterwards. I had to get my foot put in plaster and I was out. Yeah. So I guess that ability to disconnect from pain in your body and really focus with your mind and push yeah. yourself to extremes is something that we probably need to step away from as men yeah. and that level of disassociation from our emotional body because nobody wants to go that hard nobody <laughs> wants to push ourselves that hard and i don't see that as healthy you know yeah. i honestly when i read so that sure book is. i honestly read that book that he's actually probably emotionally addicted to pain mm. uh and there was like one, oh. one yeah one scene when he was on the floor of the of the bathroom where he just shit himself after running and he was like don't touch me i'm in pain leave me um and basically you know i i, I was thinking fuck you know he's he had so much pain in his childhood that he's addicted to pain from like his old man you know and how he probably received love from his old man was like getting whipped that was his expression of love from his dad which then he translates into marathon running which is how he receives love for himself in in a form of that's nervous system so emotional. interesting dude yeah that's so interesting yeah. yeah i was wondering that before actually because i've like i love what he talks about how our mind is so powerful but we just like our, we don't control it enough we don't embrace it enough so i get that but i'm just like some of the stuff dude i'm like fuck like some people get him some people get him to i mean jesse itzler did this they got him to stay at his house for a month and trained him mm -hmm. and some of the shit he was doing like i was like no man that's so wild but mm. i guess you know he's so unique and so different and that's why he's obviously so uh, popular right now but yeah it's just interesting from a military background you know talking about your your masculine feminine structure and how that would respond so it, i'm not surprised but yeah i totally feel you on that yeah, um, i needed to let that go i could i you know, I was really in that realm and a big part of my journey has been letting go of my mind, like forcibly being destructive in that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel you. What's, uh, what's your thoughts on a greater power? Do you believe in a greater power and what's that to you? Yeah, I believe in a high power. Yeah. Just too many synchronicities in my life, not to these days. Yeah. <laughs> so we, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just a deep humbling and respect for the unknown. Um, what do you feel like that for, is, that higher power? Uh, just everything, everything and nothing, you know, to put labels to it is to, to pigeonhole it and is to remove some of the goodness of it. It's mm. something that can't be named, it's something that can't be explained. So, you know, to, to put words to it is to not do it justice of just, you know, how, how powerful it is and, and what it is. How would you interact with this? higher power on a daily basis uh yeah kind of like you know open myself up to it and you know uh service because you mentioned yeah. synchronicities you're like is it like a guiding force for you that when you like it's like a community like an invisible communication thing that you know you know is it when you talk about synchronicities what does that mean um you no know, just too many uh too many high um probability occurrences that are happening time and time again for it to like be like um not of of divine order yeah lacking yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um and yeah 
and then so what to do go you beyond see that. synchronicities what do you what, what comes up in your life like you your chance occurrences like meetings you meet people and stuff like that you just like it's well, just well, you know even like let's just say my like that boost example that I gave you the other day, I just got off the phone with a lady who was like, I want to do a podcast with you. And, um, and I was like, okay, yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll do the podcast with you. Like she wanted to build a whole podcast like um, series. And 15 minutes later, I just met an audio engineer boost, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. by just by chance, I'm having a conversation with the person that I've never spoken to in my life. And then there's the next step. There's a person that I need the for the podcast. Step, yeah. I'm looking, great yeah yeah um so it's everywhere it's pretty wild um and you know i'm, I'm very grateful for some of the stuff that i've been receiving in my life lately yeah, yeah. yeah. i love that man so let's get into the main questions now this is on your your personal conscious journey but the first question is what did your life look like as unwoke unconscious and how does it compare to now yeah, it was like david goggins but probably not as many reps um <laughs> Yeah, I was huge into CrossFit. Um, I was huge into um, disassociation and, and disconnection. Um, you know, I was massive. I had massive amounts of shadow and massive amounts of repression, sexual, um, emotional, um, ego, um, huge amounts of external validation. Um, I had very, um, like, yeah, I was very, very. I was a very, very unhealthy man. I was fucking yeah. very, very unhealthy. Yeah. Because you grew up in Wangaratta, like country town. You, you grew up, you experienced a lot of like small town culture, drinking, drugs, you know, partying, all that sort of stuff. Was that prevalent? Yeah, absolutely. And to go beyond that, like you know, when I grew up, I, my old man was an intelligent man and gave me very like strong intellect, but his lack of emotional intelligence was, you know, absolutely not there. Yeah. And, um, you know, we speak. You know, I was, I was conditioned by my father around right or wrong and uh, no emotional intelligence and no understanding of my emotions and, and probably not like an aspect to truly be me as well. You know, no freedom to, to be that child um, and for me to kind of show up, to be trained. It was like I was in the army before I even joined the army. Um, and, and that's okay. I, I love my dad, but, um, yeah, a very low, low, low emotional intelligence is how you would describe me. Pretty much zero. I'd say that high intellect and low emotional intelligence is, is how I was. Mm, interesting. And so yeah. how old were you until you started to make the shift of going into more of a conscious path? And then yeah, how, does so that think... person, how did that person now compare, like that you shifted into, how does that compare to that person, the old person? Yeah, so I was, at, I was at probably at a this past probably a bit of a low point in my life so um i was using work drugs smoking meth um sex um anger i was extremely anger like you know i would wake up in anger and go to bed in anger nearly i was just riddled with anger in my system um and when i was about 31 or maybe 30 yeah maybe 31 um i went on like a leadership training within work and somebody explained that you know i was intelligent i had like you know, I think my gene keys, I have like a brilliant mind. And once somebody explained to me what emotional intelligence was, I was like, oh. And then it was just like this, these cogs just started turning over in my mind and just started connecting dots to, you know, every facet of my life that how much, how important emotional intelligence was and how much I was lacking in that and how much uh, work I needed to do and, and what the actions were that needed to, um, like, um, yeah. And I guess that was the start of my journey in that moment. 
my brain just started like connecting dots um, and I've been connecting dots ever since, yeah. Mm. So now if you were to say you've gone into emotional intelligence now, like what's some of the distinctive ways that you've noticed the shift in your life and how you show up? Uh, you know, just even being able to have an awareness of what another person is feeling and what their journey and what they might be going through and allowing myself adapt to to who they are and what they're going through. Mm. And even, you know, I was so closed off from the army that I had fully disconnected from, you know, any form of compassion, any form of empathy, any form of like open nervous system. So I guess, you know, when you're extremely closed off and all of your emotions are closed off, that you're trying to be present with another human being that they can't even feel that, you know, there's no one even there. So I guess a, a big part of my journey has been like opening up all of my my systems again to a point where I can sit there and feel somebody and have compassion and have empathy for somebody and actually then act from those places for that person and what they're going through. Mm, yeah. That's beautiful. It's nice. You mm-hmm. almost like, um, yeah, re- you resonate with them and they resonate with you because you can feel what they're going through because of that. That's been you, man. So yeah. I feel that. Yeah. What was your and biggest... I was going to say that's actually been a bit of a um, you know part of my journey when I went too far that path as well. I thought everyone needed to be this deeply empathetic person, and you know I had this mirror in my life who was deeply empathetic at the time, and and it's a beautiful way to be, but it wasn't me. I tried to force something on myself that wasn't in alignment with myself, and it put me into my, like frustration and not my self esteem. And I had to come back to realize that I am resilient. I am like not as emotionally sensitive as some other people and that's okay and that's who i am and that you know with that has great yeah and and with that has great benefit as well too i remember that i used to have shame around the fact that i didn't feel as sensitive as other people um and then but by taking ownership of that and actually understanding that hey that actually has some beautiful gifts in that as well too Mm. yeah i love that man Mm. what was your biggest vice in that period that unwoke period uh, I think like food, food has probably always been my biggest vice. And you know, yes, I've taken drugs and, and massive amounts of drugs, but you know, even when I, I guess you know, ultimately to strip it back, it's dopamine. Yeah, it's always been dopamine. Dopamine has been like the neurotransmitter within my mind, within my body, that has allowed me to escape from emotions that I hadn't been able to process. Mm-hmm. And whether that's been through food, drugs, sex, that that all comes back to dopamine. Um, and dopamine is just something that I've been a slave to for too many years. Um, you didn't feel and, good enough for so long, and now all you want to do is feel good. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and I, I think that that's probably got a lot to do with like um like the not feeling good enough and not feeling my own heart and not feeling worthy of my own love that yeah dopamine would be an external way of receiving love an external way of feeling good but it's very short-lived and it requires a higher dose next time to receive the same amount of love or like the you know not even love like just the sensation of love but i think it's ultimately got a lot to do with like actually numbing out pain as well too it's not so much normally a, a way to feel love it's a way to not feel pain mm-hmm. you said you didn't feel worthy of love why do you feel like you didn't feel worthy of love i think that was just like a deep wounding from my childhood from like my mum and a bit of a wound for my mum that you know i didn't feel supported i didn't feel loved it was like a quite a strong absence of hugging and stuff and like 
deep intimacy in my family um, from my mum. You know, I guess, yeah, I'm a sensitive boy deep down inside. I'm just a little sensitive boy. Um, And there was a facet of me that, like, earned from that from my mum, like she did from her father as well. She didn't receive um and, and and in that there was like a, a wounding that i had around not feeling loved from my, from my mum yeah which has been a big part of my journey yeah 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 totally man so needed eh? Yeah. what do you, you you talked about anger was that the biggest emotion that challenged you most or was there something else as well like was it anxiety shame guilt fear sadness or was it anger We've all had the, the moment in the sun in the, in the last like two or three years. But when I was deep in it, it was anger. When I was in my red point, it was anger. Um, it was just anger everywhere. I was toxic. It was, yeah. Um, but you know, against below that was sadness. You know, there was just deep heart wounds. Um, and below that anger was just truly a, like a lot of sadness. But how that was presenting was anger. Yeah, dude, it's so interesting. I just was talking about this, reading it or talking about it or something. But um, they were saying with anger, a lot of the reason why people feel anger is because they're deeply down. Deep down, they're sad. And it's mm. just the, the misunderstanding of their sadness. It's like, oh, yeah. that's really interesting if you go to the root of it, right? Yeah, and like, you know, that's you know, a big part of like my journey in the last six to 12 months is that since I've done all of this work, um, I've become a lot more sensitive. I'm a lot more open, um, and and because my heart's so open, it like it gets hurt now, um, and the, my protection mechanism is anger. Mm-hmm. So then I, I have to then put myself away and know that my process is that when I'm angry, that I'm, I'm feeling hurt, and I've got to jump down into the hurt, and then I've got to process that and let that move through. Yeah, so, I've even been through some of that with you, bro. Like you know, in some of the relationships that we've had and like souls souls with contract or whatever we've got going on there's been a couple of times where i haven't felt received from you and i've had some tears and cried yeah um yeah yeah we've definitely been on a journey you and i haven't we yeah but <laughs> and so you say that it was that emotion that anger do you feel like it comes back to your mum or was there something else in your past that you could contribute those that that sadness to um, so I've like deep, deeply journeyed into my heart and to the point where I've like cried for like three or four hours at a time um, and just allowing just huge wounds to just come through me. Um, and the amount of work that that took to be able to get to that state of not disassociating from the motion, not disconnecting in my head, not creating a story and just being fully present in my heart was probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever like experienced on this journey. Um, and just to truly be uh and you know i guess when you get that deep into your emotions like it goes beyond the label and it goes beyond the why because what your mind is actually trying to do is actually by you identifying it and trying to figure out your emotion you're not truly being present in it so i guess you can actually go one step deeper into your emotions by trying to let go of what it's about and what it means yeah and drop yeah and drop deeper in yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. So have I can't, you found? Yeah, I can't. I can't give you an answer there. It's it's it goes below. Below. Yes, I've had huge tears and huge heart opening experiences, but what what caused that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a story. I think, I think sometimes we um we don't quite figure it out until we're meant to as well. Like, you know, we we're just talking about this before, but like, 
I come to the recent realization that I had held on and I've been hiding a lot of my past experiences with domestic violence growing up and I just push it to the side and say, oh, you know, it just happened, like, yeah, I'm all good. But then just facing that darkness recently and witnessing that, it's just like, holy shit. And to the point where I've realized I've, I've got PTSD and we we're talking about this before of how I respond to loud noises now, like ridiculous. And, and it's just something that I've ignored. And, and you know what? I'm 30 now. This stuff I experienced from, from nine to uh, 17, it, it's ages ago. It's ages ago, but it still lies in there dormant, and I feel like it'll come up when it needs to. And if you don't quite understand that feeling now, just just feel it. Don't attach any meaning to it, like you're saying. Hey, don't have to try and force yourself to understand it. It'll come up when it needs to. You know, I knew I had yeah. I knew I had challenges with domestic violence. Geez, from 18, but it's just literally 12 years later where I realized, oh my god, I've actually got PTSD to about that. So I feel yeah. I totally relate with what you're saying. Did you agree, man? Yeah, man. And I, I just want to say, yeah, thank you for finding that within yourself, brother. That's a big love. Mm. Um, if you've got any questions, I'm more than can help you out in that realm of PTSD. Because mm. um, that was a big thing for you, right? Going through the military. So, like, if we talk about that for a second, just like your experiences in the military and coming out of that and having PTSD, what was that? What was that like for you? Yeah, I think it was like a um a huge conditioning of my nervous system to be just constantly constricted mm -hmm. and then always wanting to be constricted so it basically created like a subconscious conditioning whether it be in my mind um like my actual mind or my nervous system or my emotions were always just kind of constricted uh they were always kind of like under tension and under stress mm -hmm. from my environment um and you know, that environment could be war, that could be domestic violence, that could be anything, but it's a level of constriction and, and us not being fully open and, and allowing ourselves to move through that. And there's many layers to that. Like there's a lot of stories that we need to move through and a lot of conditioning that we have within our mind that wants to keep us in the same stories of, of um, PTSD. Then our body wants to keep us in a certain kind of element of constriction and through not allowing us to move our emotions and even express ourselves we pretty much have to retrain ourselves how to talk and retrain ourselves how to to be in our emotions because we've been constricted for so long and then the last piece is the nervous system is a sense of your nervous system is conditioned to being chaos and to being stressed so then you have to try and help your nervous system out so it's a very kind of like mind body soul um, journey into like removing trauma and ptsd fully out of all of your systems yeah yeah, totally, man. So you, you went through, how did you, what, you mean you dealt with PTSD? Like what ex, what experiences did you have that created that within you? Yeah, um, so one of my trips to Afghanistan, I was rocketed 270 times in a period. So that's like a large Chinese rocket coming into the base, could tear several cars apart um, or a shipping container. Um, and there's large sirens that go off um, and there is like a, I guess, an, a, an emotional fear response, like a fight or flight response of, hey, I could die. Um, and I guess in the conditioning that you receive within the military and, and this is already probably happening before you've gone to Afghanistan, you've started to repress your emotions. So David Goggins style, your body is saying, hey, I'm going to die, or your body is saying, hey, this isn't healthy. And you're using your mind to say, no, nah, I'm in the army. I keep moving forward. So you shove it down. 
um, and you're basically creating like a deep level of like a, an emotional disassociation, mm-hmm. which then has um, like flow-on effects years later, people are receiving PTSD-like symptoms because the emotional repression is like either coming up to be witnessed or they've repressed so much that it's exploding like volcanoes. Um, and yeah. So you say, you, you know, how did that show up for you? Like when you got back, like how did the PTSD show up? How was this, what was the sensations like in your body and like what triggered it? Well, I, I couldn't even sit still, man. Like I was hypervigilant when I got back and I was going to the gym three times a day. I was creating chaos in my life unconsciously to, um, yeah, because it was comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then that was basically they, a level of me feeling feeling safe because that's what my mind felt was safe that's what my nervous system felt was safe and that's what i was continuing on and and that can be applied to so many parts of ourselves if you've ever seen somebody who's been too over overweight they've eaten a lot of food yeah and they can't lose weight because their nervous system and their body and their mind thinks that that's what's safe for them that's what's good for them because they've done it for so long that they can't make change into the unknown because the unknown unknown feels safe um, and that's probably been the last part of my healing journey around PTSD is like allowing my nervous system and my mind to, to be okay with the unknown mm. yeah, that I could go out there and anything could happen and that's okay. Yeah? And I can open up to that and I don't have to constrict or I don't have to create stories that I have to be in a certain way that I can just open it and be relaxed. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing, man. Who's, whose love did you crave yeah. most growing up and who did you have to be to get it? Probably myself, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take that off Joel Camp's interview, yeah. Um, But, yeah, that really, really resonated with me because, you know, right now I'm I'm the healthiest, I'm the happiest, I'm the most centred, I'm the most grounded I've ever been and the only person's love I have right now is mine. Yeah. That's what you've been wanting to do. Yeah, yeah, it's just that union. You're yourself now. Giving it yeah. way more. How do you give yourself way more love, like now? Yeah, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is like jump into like touch, like touching my body, touching my heart, like loving myself, like just jumping into a state of care, like a sensation of care for me, um, and and just being and sitting in that, um, and you know not jumping into any thoughts or thought-based meditations or affirmations or anything. Just a deep level of care, um, and then. And even when I hop in the shower, I like, I wash myself now with care. I take time and effort to touch myself with care. Um, I take time and effort to like um, prepare nice food for myself and, and eat amazing food. Um, I take time and effort to create an environment for myself that um, replicates the worth that I have for myself as well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Man. Yeah. What, what about the lowest point in your life? Talk to me about the lowest point and was suicide ever an option? Yeah, I think um, I have had suicidal thoughts, yeah, um, on this journey, definitely. Um, and probably one of the most difficult um, periods I had in this life was actually stepping into this kind of work. Like when I actually quit, like when I quit my job and was moving to Bali, um, it was just like such an initiation um for me to step off and to leave um and yeah, stepping into that unknown still being riddled with ptsd still having so much trauma in my body 
um, every part of my being saying, what are you doing? Like, why would you sell all of your houses? Why would you quit your $180,000 a year job? Why, why would you check out of all of this safety to go do something that you don't even know is, is right or good for you? Um, and that was probably one of the, and you know me, you knew me in that period, you know? That was probably one of the most chaotic periods for myself, like, because I, you know, I had started to open up some of this trauma. I had started to sit in my emotions. I had started to actually feel again, um, you know, actually being on drugs and being depressed and being disconnected. That was easy. That was the easy life. That was so, you know, I could do that again day in, day out. But opening up to your emotions and opening up to doing the work and leaning in, like, that's that's the tough stuff, man. Yeah. So, yeah. so was there a specific moment for you where it was like from memory that it was really really hard like a hard day or something i remember like um uh you know having so much trust and trying to sell my houses um and my house didn't sell um and my ex-partner called me up and you know i had like a certain amount of savings that i needed to work to make this heroes journey happen my savings were going down and um and my partner called me up, my ex-partner called me up and said, oh, you know, I, I don't want to be part of the apartment anymore. Um, you're going to have to take on the mortgage there. I was just like, all right. And I was in full victim mode. Yeah, I just went straight into victim mode in that instance. And I was like kind of looking at the sky, cursing the sky, like being like, why? You know, I've, I've come this far. I've done all of this work. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be this person. I'm trying to ch create change for myself. I'm trying to make a new beginning for myself. Why is this happening? Um, and I was in such victim mode that I just wanted to give up, like massively just wanted to give up, just wanted to turn around and go back and say, all right, I'll get a job. I'll start eating bad food again and I'll just go back to what was known. Um, and, you know, being in victim mode, I had to identify that. It was a pretty big breakthrough, actually. I was like, oh, I'm in victim mode. I'm being a victim. Okay. Uh, and and being, on that, being in that process and moving myself from that victim status and actually witnessing that that was something that I could move through. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah. So that's just one. sorting thing. the house out? Like, was it, like, what was the process after that? Yeah, dude. It all, like, I, I was, yeah, it was synchronicity. Like, my ex-partner said, um, I don't want to be part of the apartment anymore. And um, I said, okay, I like felt into it. And, um, you know, logically it didn't make sense. The figures didn't stack up in my heart. I knew it was right. right. That, there's no money in the bank account, bro. Like, I yeah. can't do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like literally I was like, I've got like, you know, five grand left in the credit card. And she's asking me to take on basically a million dollars of mortgages. Um, yeah. And uh, I, so I called her up and I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, and two days later, the house sold. Wow. It all worked out. Yeah, you had to, that's that thing of like showing up and going, okay, no, I think I can do this. Like, did you feel that you could do it? Like, you feel like there was yeah, something it was, there that you could yeah, do it? It wasn't like completely like no. No, it was. It was definitely like my heart said yes, my mind said no, and I just followed what my heart said. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Because there was another situation was a, you had where like um, someone gave you money one day. Was it the same time in Bali? Yeah, man. Oh, another another. Yeah, so um, a good brother of mine, Cam Browning, um, he was in the military as well too. Um, you know, tours of Iraq, Afghanistan and Timor before he was 21. Um, and I was in Ubud and I was just about to leave Ubud to move back to Perth. And 
I'd been basically a full-time employee of eating at Sayori Healing Foods for six months um, and, uh, and, and doing breathwork and yoga and the bank account was a flush. And um, you know, I just had this faith that I was going to move back to Perth and it was all going to work out. And you know, I could have gone back and got like a, a high-paying job. I said to my partner at the time, like, I don't, I'm not going to go back into mining. I'm just not going to do it. I know that it's going to turn, I know it's going to work out. I just have trust. I just have faith. But, you know, my bank account was on zero. Um, and so I met Cam at a, an event and um, I was like, mate, you, you need to drop into some breath work. I was like, you know, for soldiers, this is the business. Like, this is going to help you with your nervous system. It's going to help you get back and, and all these things. So, um, you know, I told him my story and told him where I was at, not from a place of ever expecting anything from, from this um, stranger. And he was like, man, like, um, let me loan you some money till you get back on your feet. And I was like, what? And, you know, I'd done so much work on my self-worth at that point that I was like, you know, normally I would have said, no way, I can't take the money. I wouldn't have been able to receive that or open to that. But um, he gave me $5,000 and I'd known him for like a day. Um, and I received that money and that was like the next thing that kept me going and you know, allowed me to publish my book and yeah, paid him back the money. Yeah. With lots of love and gratitude. Yeah. He's such a beautiful guy. Man. Such a beautiful man. That's mm. cool, man. That's like that trust, day. Eh? Like, fuck, I've had experienced that so much in Bali too. It must be Bali thing. Like you come here and you're just yeah. like, yeah, I got to follow my heart. I'm going to Bali. Throws you through the absolute ringer. It's like you're in a washing machine with razor blades. And um, <laughs> and then you come on out and you're like, you know, you got some battle wounds, but you got a whole heap of lessons as to why you shouldn't have got in the washing machine in the first place, or like, you know, yeah, inside that washing that. machine's like the philosophical theory of everything. And you go in there, you, you know, you're gonna have challenges, and it's gonna be painful, but you're gonna learn a lot. I mean, you yeah, to, and great. I feel like that's Balio, but there's always yeah, these great. things. It's like just like boom, 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 boom. All these things are like, yeah, but I'm gonna love you through this process. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll give you Great stuff. teacher, and um, yeah, man, I, I I really remember your um, you and DK checking out of the airport one night. You're like, yeah, Bali, we're out, we're going on a holiday, <laughs> and then like didn't even make it out or something like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck this. Just it was cool, like cool enough, yeah. Honestly, man, yeah. Bali's next level. But we're we're leaving in a week, and that's like, you, you know, you said this to me before. You were like, oh, um you know when Bali will let you know when you're ready to go. Like it'll be, you know, and like, and it's like, yeah, we're so ready to go now. So mm, I, feel, I think you felt yeah. the same way. You're like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm out. Yeah. It'd be a big click, like a big shift. Yeah. Excited. Into man. the next chapter. Yeah. So yeah. what was the significant moment of awakening for you that went from you when, you know, something that just clicked big and was like, fuck, I'm go I've, I've got to shift. Yeah, it's probably like a week or maybe a month after my emotional intelligence um, you know, process started happening, my third eye just massively opened. Like I was speaking new words. I had new wisdom. I had words that I could never even like comprehend before. I don't know if that's like a transition from three to six. And that's part of going from that martyr to role model. That there is like a, like a change in perspective. Um, and that was a really big part of like what I journeyed into at that time was all about perspective that I could see all of these different perspectives, but that was, you know, huge. Like mm. one day all of a sudden I just started talking like a different person, mm. like literally, mm. yeah, it was huge. And yeah. someone introduced that to you at work. Uh, yes. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I just met with her, um, 
there a couple of days ago. Her name's Angela Williamson. She's like a transformational specialist who builds, who she transforms cultures of, of huge um, corporations. And I was a byproduct of, of one of her um, changes within the corporation. Yeah. Um, and and uh, yeah, so I just had a, um, a catch up with her the other morning and was able to return the favor. I was able to help her out a little bit. So, That's cool, but man. yeah, she, That's cool. she's a very, she's actually had a lot to do with Landmark. Oh, yeah. um, so yeah. she's been in the Landmark scene for like 30 years. Um, so it's a lot of self-development, but a lot of love and respect for her. And yeah, I was basically a byproduct of, of one of her courses that she'd been creating to help wake up the world, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, man. It's awesome. Oh, Angela, yeah. yeah. What, what was the biggest healing modality that, that was significant for you in your, on your journey? I'd like to say breath work. But then I'd actually just like to say beyond that now, like um, just being, you know, just being is it. Like if we hear all these amazing teachers like Ram Das, et cetera, speak of loving awareness and just being, just being with it. You know, and when we're always kind of like trying to heal from a place of action, um, you know, we're kind of like taking steps that were broken or steps that we need to fix ourselves or we're taking action that we're trying to move away from something. And we're always moving away from our center. We're always moving away from us. Um, and when we can just be and use just being as a healing modality in itself, you know, that's where we create a deeper union with inside ourselves. Mm. Yeah. How, how would, like, was breathwork a big contributor to getting you to more a, a higher state of being? Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, to go back a few steps and and to but yeah, it was definitely diet firstly you know you know diet was huge um eating the right foods not drinking beer showing up for my body in that regard meditation mm. breath work and then i think you know a bit like yourself brother i've tried every healing modality under the sun yeah totally. sure. we did a lot of energy healing too eh? yeah yeah i still see bev like once a week now oh, okay. um yeah and um so yeah lots have you seen that root canal doco on gaia Yes, Greg Emerson's yeah, in that, that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and you see him, that guy going through all the modalities at the start. I was like, oh, I feel, I feel familiar. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. It's good because, yeah. like, yeah, it's like just see what works, see what doesn't. Um, yep. But there's, there's all parts to find your whole, your whole self again, for sure, hey? Yeah, you know, I'd say meditation. Like our mind is our biggest um, challenge. In this, um, you know, in what we're going through. Meditation is like it's very powerful at allowing us to control our mind. Yes, breathwork has some amazing gifts of allowing us to unlock stuff and move through our body, etc. Um, but you know, it's our mind that's always there. It's our mind that's always leading us down the garden path. And if we don't have a solid meditation practice, you know, unlocking these parts within ourselves within breathwork, we're gonna we're gonna be stuck. We can't journey much further unless we have a really strong meditation practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Did your friend group change much as you changed? Yeah, brother. Like, um, definitely, I don't really connect with many people in the army anymore. Um, but it was actually kind of really beautiful the other day, um, gone, gone full circle, that a, a mate from the army hadn't spoken to in you know, probably six or seven years has reached out and said, Will you please come to Microsoft and present in Microsoft? Um, you know, we see the work that you're doing and there's a lot of veterans here struggling at Microsoft and we'd love for you to come and have impact and then kind of recreating that relationship again. That's beautiful. So, yeah, 
Yeah. So you went on another um, path, you met new friends as well. Like, did you go through a yeah. period where you didn't have any friends? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I went through a period where I, I, I pushed everyone away in my life. From that's how red I was and disconnected I was. I'd pushed away everyone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I definitely went through a point where I had no friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, even at a point now where I'm kind of, I think I'm leveling up my friendship group again. Um, and, you know, and I'd rather just be alone and be with myself versus, you know, like trying to force um, connection with somebody who, who doesn't feel like deeply genuine. Mm-hmm. That's a profound realization right there, bro. I love yeah. that. What, yeah. what part of your conscious journey are you most grateful for, Matty? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude, man, for just you and I getting back and connecting. And I've seen, um, it's because it's alive for me now, so I'm going to express that in the sense of, um, you know, I've seen and I've heard a lot of brothers on this journey who have done the work together. They've been initiated into some wounds and triggered one another. And they've actually, they've walked away from the friendship um, and they haven't allowed themselves to go through the process entirely and come back to a state of like, you know, putting all of those things aside and actually, you know, owning unconditional love. We talk of unconditional love like it's a, a big concept, but this is a really true um, example of that right now that you and I can can go through our journeys together and then meet each other as men and we don't have to be like hold hands and be besties for the rest of our lives but we can come together and just have full respect and love for one another in that interaction yeah Mm. yeah that's what one thing i've definitely admired too especially in yourself it's like um let's rise to this because what we're talking for people listening now is like me and maddie what when do we meet each other in the healing expo a couple years ago was it two years ago yeah yeah, maybe even three, probably. I don't know, yeah. But, like, I bumped yeah. into you at the Healing Expo. And from that day, we, we were both pretty much, like, starting a new path and this this path now that we're on. And um, we, from that journey, we've just been, like, triggering each other. And, 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 and the beauty is we've never run away from it. We've just gone, accepted it, and we've gone, okay, and the, and the most free, and it was one that was actually pretty recent, right? It was like a couple months ago. But what yeah. I really respect and love about this relationship with you, man, especially you, it goes, hey, come on, let's like, let's talk about it. Like, man, let's sit there and like, let's work through this. And we mm-hmm. did. And, um, and it's like, there's a level of self-ownership where you go, okay, what I see in you is me. What you see in me is you. Let's own that. Let's own the feelings. Let's talk about it. And otherwise, we would, from our old selves, we would just go, fuck you, bro. I'm out. Mm. And we'd vanish. Yeah. And we'd miss the lesson. We'd miss the experience that was there to teach us something. Yeah. And I feel like that's a, it's very unique. And I think that's a, something that a, a quality that a lot of friendships could probably start having. Yeah. Agreed, man. And like, I think that shows a real level of like emotional maturity to identify that you're going to trigger one another and stuff's going to come up. And you know, that's been a really big part of my journey with Lockie lately. So Lockie is my business partner in Men's Work Collective. Mm. Such a beautiful, gentle teddy bear of a human. Uh, and yeah, we, 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 we knew from the get-go, it's like, hey, bro, we're going to bring stuff up for one another. Um, and we really took ownership over that. We intentionally spoke of that and then we leaned into it as it come up and we, we never tapped out. We just supported one another and get to a point where we're, we're, we're there for each other and we've got each other's back. Yeah. yeah. I definitely feel like 
like you say the word tap out and it was like well, someone might be thinking yeah but like if there's someone that's toxic I'm going to tap out and I would say to that is like to a certain degree where you just like there's a narcissistic relationship there's someone that's like you know physically or mentally abusive 100% tap out but when you've got two people that are trying to like become their best self there's a point where you mm. don't tap out you go let's let's see if there's something here that we can both learn from but you said it before mm. you're like yeah you don't have to be hold hands down the walk down the street together and be besties but you can sit there and go i've got love for you man and, mm. and when you're there exactly. when you need someone i'm there but like yeah if someone's in a toxic really toxic behave relationship then obviously there might be some time where you need to exercise some boundaries and get the fuck out of there <laughs> yeah exactly. do you agree no agreed you know and i'd say that probably um you know part of our lesson is as you've been exercising some boundaries to me as well too so mm. you know boundaries are, are such a critical lesson on this journey of you know we can't validate our own self-worth and we can't create an environment for ourselves to feel safe unless we have like a, a beautiful way to wield our boundaries or to yeah or create choice for ourselves. i'm kind of like trying to move away from boundaries at the moment and to to have more choices mm-hmm. it's like I can I can go to an interaction and I can choose not to interact with you. But if I say, oh, this is a boundary, I don't want to interact with you, it's a lot more heavier and it's a lot more kind of protection and it's a lot more like, mm. you know, there's a problem and then there's a story associated with it and then there's a passing. It can just be like, hey, I just choose not to do that right now. And mm. you still get the same like outcome. There's still the same benefit, but you're it's not as heavy and it's not such a big deal. Yeah, yeah. for sure, bro. Yeah. I totally agree. Now, this is the last question. Of this interview what's one tip that you would give your old self who's just starting this journey mm-hmm. probably you know download a meditation app and get into it yeah. come on brucey download that app get into it yeah, exactly yeah yep. so which map on that note which app would you download insight timer uh i would say you know one giant mind so One Giant Mind is a guy, Johnny, out of Melbourne. It's an Australian app, supporting yeah. local. Um, and it's a great te- great teacher. It's like a, basically like a transcendental meditation, um, affirmation-based one, which is you know really amazing place to start um, in meditation. Um, and I highly recommend that app. Mm. If you've got PTSD and you're um, wanting a journey into some meditations on PTSD, I've got someone inside Timer. Um, and... Yeah, so, but yeah, I'd say one giant mind. Awesome, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for joining me, Brucey. I appreciate your time and sharing your journey and, and yeah, sharing your story with those who are listening to this right now. Thank you, brother. And I just want to um, congratulate yourself on such an amazing podcast. And I just really want to say thank you for, you know, showing up each week to help men and help the collective out. And, mm. It shows, you know, how dedicated you are to creating a better world and to being a, a modern day leader for men and, and well done. Thank you very much, brother. I received that. Appreciate you, man. And without the the men here, this wouldn't be possible and make making their time free. So yeah. thank you very much right. to everyone listening to this. And if you do want to reach out with, with Matt Bruce, I'll put his details in the show notes. Uh, it would just be his Instagram, I believe, but we'll have a look at that i think we'll put in men's work collective down the bottom and you can reach Just, out uh, a little upgrade on the instagram yesterday changed my name to here to be me oh is that you okay, yeah. i saw that okay cool love that 
Yeah. All right, so you can yeah. connect to here to be me. That'll be in the show notes. If you have any, if you do have any realizations or epiphanies or downloads or you know whatever's come up for you some sort of triggers even through this process of this interview or any other interview you know you can always hit me up on instagram social media wherever you want and just reach out and share what you have but until next time take care much love peace out I got love in my eyes, bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love, yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.